Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And boys, I think we just had our longest pre-production meeting in history. Um, this is what happens. When, when you're at the level that we're at, uh, there's a lot of business to talk through. And there's a lot of, a lot of potential uh, opportunities flying at us as a podcast. And, uh, and we have a lot to talk about that's exciting. One of which, Pipe, is uh, is this coffee endeavor that we're entering into. Yes. And uh, I wanted to ask you, you've been in the high-level discussions uh, with our roaster, Hector Ligaris of Ligaris Roasters. Um, he is putting together a blend special for our audience and for our show. Yeah. How far away from launch do you feel like we are on that? I, are we close? We are very close. I mean, we're talking within the next week, maybe two weeks. It's really the finalization of a handful of, of details. Um, mainly on his end, making sure that he is, uh, ready to fulfill the demand that we anticipate coming. So we just, we don't want to put it out there and hang him out to dry. Um, but when it goes up, uh, you know, we will be sure to push it out on all of our vast social media empire as well as here. And, uh, the other thing is listeners need to need to know that, uh, because we've been doing this podcast for two years, I figured it was about time to actually get our own domain name. So I mm-hmm. went and got uh, happyrantpodcast.com. So you can just go there to find anything that we talk about in terms of like ongoing sponsorships and partnerships. So when the coffee thing is finalized, happyrantpodcast.com will be where to go. And I hope it's, I hope it's within a week. It might be a couple weeks. Great, baby. Thank you for that update, man. That's uh, that's exciting. It's exciting. And, and, I've I've seen pictures of what he is working on, and it it looks delicious. So I hope it tastes delicious. It does look and taste delicious. Ooh. I've tasted it. I've tasted uh, you know many of his his different uh, different roasting uh, options, and uh, yeah, our our listeners are going to be pleased, man. They're going to be excited. So uh, also exciting is uh, something else we discussed off off camera, as it were. Uh, which is the the potential for a little happy rant writing conference? Um, we are, we are going to pool our resources and pull together uh, a writing conference like no other, and that's uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, we don't have a lot of details, but uh, I would like forward. I'd like to, to say to the listeners, I know we're a little bit like the boy who cried wolf when it comes to live <laughs> events, um, or 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 possibly a little bit like Stephen Altrogi when it comes to big oh. ideas not coming through in the clutch, um, oh. but. Uh, it's not for lack of trying. It's there have been extenuating circumstances repeatedly. The two previous times we talked about it, we are going to get listeners in a room with us to do a live thing sometime in the next calendar year, or uh, in the next twelve months. It's going to happen, uh, and we will we will overcome uh, our own our own inabilities previously. So this this is a promise that we will do this thing. So we're not just making this up to keep you interested. Wow. I like it. Big R, are you excited about that? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's going to be hard to sleep for the next calendar year or whenever <laughs> we actually – nine and a half to 12 months. <laughs> you're a live <laughs> guy, Big R. You're a conference guy. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to have to work this into your pre-existing conference schedule. So. It's tough. I'm looking, I'm looking at – well, first off, I'm looking at Jared C. Wilson's calendar to see if, if he mm-hmm. has any space because that's how I judge if I have space because I like to at least – attend yeah. 10 or 12 Jared C. Wilson events per year. Of so course. I will, uh, of course. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. 
And uh, again, you guys, you guys forget that I have 20 years of like of, of live showing it too. So lots of concerts. And uh, mm-hmm. guys, let me just say that the, uh, the veteran, stage, veteran, is, baby, the stage is my second home. And I think oh. me and you have talked oh. about that big T many times. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think that we're gonna have better podcasts than the ones that we actually do live. And in fact, it's going to be hard going back to this after we do them. And that, that's something that I'm starting to prepare for the dramatic, uh, you know, letdown that's going to happen between Emotionally. the three of us. Yeah, bit it's going to be big. It's going to be hard. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. It's going to be hard. Absolutely. Well, boys, we will, we will help each other through that emotion. We will. And speaking of conferences, Pipe, I want to ask you, uh, you were just at a couple of unique conferences. And I want you to lay <laughs> uh, some stories on us from the road, man. Because you, as we know, as we've learned on this program, Important people travel, and the more important you are, the more you're traveling. And it would be remiss, it would be uh, uh, irresponsible of us uh, to not share stories from the road. So you were just at two of these comps, and I want to hear about them. I was in in one week. I had sort of conference whiplash, uh, and it there was a physical component that was whiplashy because I went I went from Orlando, Florida to uh, Burbank, California, so about as far apart in the country wow. as you can get. Um, but then, in terms of what the conferences were, it was very whiplashy as well. So, mm. in the first part of the week, I went to the National Religious Broadcasters Association conference, mm. where I was uh, I co presented on podcasting and using podcasts as part of a uh, content marketing, basically. Um, so, the National Religious Broadcasters Association is uh, it's all the Christian radio shows, programs, etc. And then all of like the three ring circus that surrounds that. So <laughs> it's, it's exhibitors like, but it's, uh, I'm trying to think how to describe this. I mean, it's, it's not exhibitors like at another conference where it's like publishers and things like that. There are some of those, but it's a lot of like, um, it's a lot of Christian films. It's a lot of like people in costumes. I saw a guy walking around in like a full Roman centurion costume. Wow. Um, it's a lot of like, hey, is that Tammy Faye Baker? Oh, oh no, wait. I don't know who that person is. It just looks just like her. It's, you know, uh-huh. so it's it's a lot of that kind of crowd. As my uh as my co-presenter said, he's like, if you look carefully, this ground is littered with all the names being dropped here. Cause it's <laughs> and then and then he proceeded to say, um, I have never heard more people have conversations they wished I overheard. Uh, <laughs> wow. It, That's priceless. So it's like three, it's like three piece suits and pocket squares and big hair and the worst smelling cologne you have ever smelled. I mean, it's just, and it's in Orlando. So it's sort of humid and ripe and Orlando's Dude, Orlando seems to me to be like the, the capital city of like people who think they're important, but actually aren't. But uh, at the right. same time, it's just kitschy and like plastic. It's yeah. just like it's, it's, it's almost it's, it's almost like the Vegas of the South. What's like, it's like Vegas know? for children and yeah, old it's, people. It's horrible. So like I guess Branson is actually Vegas for old people, but or- Orlando is like also Vegas is Vegas for old people. Yeah, but like Vegas is Vegas for like thirty to fifty year olds. That's true. Branson is for the the retiree crowd, and then Orlando is like for the people who want Vegas. They want to bring their families to Vegas. But Orlando has that vibe, though. You know what I mean? Like it has that it has that sort of veneer, or like there's there's just like the front and there's nothing behind it, kind of a thing. It always feels that way to me. Yeah, I'm fascinated by like small town radio personalities who like (laughs) think they're something. 
Oh, did, so so this did is, you encounter a lot of this? Oh, so so Ronnie asked me off the air like why did why didn't we all go present on podcasting and mm. why were we not part of this big broadcasting thing? Being that we are a, a media mogul broadcasting empire, uh, here's the reason. So I pull up to the hotel where this whole thing is, the hotel convention center, and I park my car in the parking garage, and then I have to take a shuttle because it's 85 degrees and soupy, and I'm, I don't want to get all sweaty, and it's also a 15 minute walk to to the actual hotel itself and i'm waiting for the shuttle and there's these three fairly elderly uh people there and they're wearing lanyards because that's what we do at conferences and so we start chit-chatting about why are we here and i tell you know i ask them and they're like oh we run a radio station in north florida it's just kind of a small local radio station and i was like oh cool and they said what are you here for and i said i'm here to present on podcasting and they go podcasting is that on the internet oh no so there it is. That explains why the Happy Rant was not invited <laughs> to be the <laughs> keynote presenter at uh, the National Religious Broadcaster Association. That explains why Ted just said yellow. Because yellow. because we're on the internets, and that's an unfamiliar concept to maybe sort of the core audience of this crowd. That's really fascinating, actually. I mean, that Ted, what do you think about that? I think. I want to go to this conference. because I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. It sounds super entertaining. And and what I want to do is uh, I want to dress up in the, in the same fashion in the three piece suits. And I want to walk around there. Like I'm a, like I'm a big deal. Um, Oh, and and with, with your glasses and like, if you slicked your hair back, sort of uh, Mm -hmm. like think Rick Patino level shine. Yes. uh, I want that kind of sheen on my hair. Like the the, the Pat Riley mullet from back in the day. Like, Oh yeah. You would get some curlers in your hair. So it's got some good, some good body to it. You Mm -hmm. would fit right in. Kind of hey, vintage you know Harry Melrose a little bit. Yeah, Ronnie's yeah. Ronnie's too cool for this thing. Like you put Ronnie in a three piece suit, they're just going to be like, it, it doesn't still doesn't quite fit. I'll just look ironic. I'll just look ironic, you guys. It's but cool. This I'll just is, be like, ironic. You know? Here's the thing: this place is ironic, and they don't know it. They're not trying to look ironic. It's you just- know what, man? We we keep talking about like our our conference and our and our live podcast, and I think what you need to be working on, pipe, is getting us booked at this thing next year. Well, if you'd like, would you like to know how much I got paid to be there? I mean, I'm afraid to ask, but okay. Well, uh, not anything. So, um, <laughs> a lot of build up there. Yeah. So, uh, let's. Yeah. I'm. I'm not. Like how you phrased it. Not anything. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Not. Uh, not anything. You money. could have said nothing. You said not anything. It's that's, more elegant. That that's way. significant. Yeah. That's significant. Yeah. The way you phrased that, Piper. Not anything. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was that was the first couple of days in the week. I proceeded to board a uh, Southwest flight from there to Vegas. Speaking of Vegas, where I changed planes and worked my way around all of the slot machines in the airport to to fly to burbank california where it is the the exact opposite because it was the shepherds conference hosted by john MacArthur's church um so here's here's a snapshot of this conference i i'm standing at the table for our publisher uh bnh academic you know we're selling commentaries and different things and i overhear a conversation between two pastors and one of them says to another and says he says hey brother how are you? And the other guy says, man, just preaching the word. And the first guy says, oh, you better be. And, and then they laughed and walked away. Nice. And I don't like that is that's so bizarre to me. It sounds like a really good talk. Man. Is that just, is that a friendship? Like, is that I don't even know. Yeah, uh, that's a how that's are a, you preaching the word? You better be. That's a frenemesis. <laughs> 
That's I don't even know what. Yeah, that it, it is. It is a thing. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, it's a lot. There was lots of uh, lots of chinos, lots of mm-hmm. tucked in polo shirts. I mean, was there literally? I mean, here's I have two questions for you before you go on. I, Number one, was there <laughs> was there a pair of jeans even in existence oh, like at the conference and he number just, two did, what at what point did drisky come in and like promote his next book and cause a bunch of like <laughs> well he you know he moved to arizona because that's where people go when they retire from the spotlight um right. and i was thinking about selling his books out of the back of my rental car just for fun <laughs> uh, but i you know given that i was already employed there it seemed like a poor idea um the jeans thing, absolutely. But this is like think like uh, like sixty five year old pastors being yes. casual. So mm-hmm. the the shirt remains the same as the one that goes with slacks, but you swap sure. in like a pair of of Levi straight legs in sort yep. of that that light stone wash. Yes, and light then, stone wash with a yellow polo and a sport jacket. Ah, uh, sports yep. well, sport jacket's optional. They wore those in the mornings because possibly a sweater yes. vest, uh, and then like white walking shoes. Um, mm-hmm. lots of, lots of ill-fitting baseball caps as well, because people are, oh, it's, they're, they're on vacation. They're casual. Well, so, they're going to be playing some golf. Golf is in, is part of the agenda. Yeah, absolutely. But, but all the speakers at this conference are dressed to the nines. I mean, we're talking like pristine pinstripe suits. Like they are crisp, they're absolutely. professional. The last night of the conference, they have like a full orchestra. I will say this. It's a Ligonier conference for the West Coast. Let's uh, yeah, Ligonier, but like I think it's 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 a bit judgier than that. These guys yeah. walk around and like you feel kind of afraid standing behind the publisher table because you know they're going to attack something on your table. Like, uh-huh. oh, you guys publish that? That guy's trash, you know that kind of thing. So it's yeah. there, there's a there's a there's a the flavor of that. I will say this: I had a couple very surreptitious conversations with Happy Rant listeners. But they, they, it was like they kind of pulled me aside behind like a pillar outside the church and they were like, Psst, come here, you know, kind of thing. And they're like, I just wanted you to know I listen to the happy rant and I really like it. But, Please don't tell Johnny Mac. Why, why, was, they, why were they whispering? What is there to be ashamed of here? Uh, well, you, you, it's it's not the crowd that would be the most open minded to what we do. Uh-huh. Um, they not a lot of right. fun being had. Um, also, uh, you know, I think there's just, they had to tread very lightly so as not to be, uh, to be judged or attacked or something. But, uh, it was, yeah, it was just very funny because it was like, it was like, I'm one of you too. Like we had to pass a secret card back and forth or something. Uh, so that was, I enjoyed hearing from them. So, uh, secret listeners, we appreciate you. Uh, you Mm. bright, you brightened my three days in California. Uh, sweet. Also, California is just way better than Florida. Just as a state, it's not even close. It's just well, yeah, it's just it's Florida better. without humidity and and with and mountains and beaches with, with actual mountains waves. And, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting place. Huh. So that was my week. Those two conferences, um, one decidedly unreformed, one angrily reformed. Uh, just also I mean I would say you know here's here's what I struggle with and I'm just going to go there for one second I mean I, the fact that the fact that MacArth is like reform but also dispensational you know I I always like to qualify his reformness a little bit I, I know I, I I shouldn't do that and I'm <laughs> already we're losing listeners there's people like clicking not unsubscribe and all that stuff right now but it's like I'm I'm always kind of fascinated by how he it was has been able 
to sort of like ride those two things of one which does not fit in with the other. You know what I mean? So I, it's it's that those two things are are super weird. How he can be all left behind series and simultaneously be like you know the institutes. You know, and I, I like I'm just that that one kind of gets me, and I've never figured that one out. Yeah, I mean, it's, if if you're a hammer, everything's a nail, and doggone it, he's a hammer, and he is just gonna make it fit. <laughs> well said, uh, Johnny. Well said, Johnny. Well, boys, speaking of uh, speaking of California, the land of sunshine and entertainment, uh, I want to do and a John little MacArthur. bit of a, and John MacArthur. <laughs> exactly, I put that under the under the label. Who, who, who is who is neither sunny nor entertaining? <laughs> it depends who you ask. Um, I want to do a little bit of a movie debrief. We, uh, we, we frequently talk about movies on here, um, but there are a couple of movies that, uh, that have the evangelical world up in arms for various reasons, and uh, I want to talk about them, but I want to preface this with uh, an experience that I had recently. I was, uh, I was on a panel here at the university in which uh, we viewed all 11 hours of Martin Scorsese's film, Silence, uh, and then talked about it. Only it only seemed that way, Ted. It only seemed that way. It only seemed like 11 hours of, of agony. It was actually nearly three hours. And um, yeah, very different movie, uh, different even for Scorsese. Scorsese's pictures, um, I realize I'm a, I'm a respecter of what he does. Like I sort of allegedly love Goodfellas and I allegedly love Raging Bull, but I really only ever want to watch like the first halves of those movies over again. Um, and I think it's because Scorsese does a really good job of showing the wages of people's sins. I mean, I think as a as a filmmaker and as as a Christian viewer, like this is what you're sort of invited to appreciate about Scorsese uh, in the past. But uh, but this one was just tough to watch, man. There was no soundtrack, no traditional soundtrack, no sort of auditory cues as to what to feel, and and they left the whole thing just very ambiguous in terms of. Um, you know, kind of anything hopeful being there, but uh, but Pipe, you had a couple of movies that you wanted to talk about um, that were that that are decidedly less thinky and like <laughs> beard stroking. Well, than, uh, let, let me than, let me ask uh, you about let me ask you about Silence. So Silence is yeah. a movie I have felt sort of low grade guilt for not seeing because apparently it's the movie that that every uh, self respecting intellectual Christian is supposed to have donated our money to. Um, yeah. I, I well, think yeah, I, it's, I, think it's I like, would pay well, hold money. On, before you go on, Pipe, it's yeah. like, yeah, real, real quick, it's like, don't complain about Christian movies without seeing silence. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, as yeah. if as if silence solved all of the problems created it solved by every all other the trash problems. Christian movie. Um, it solved everything. Right. It solved uh, the resurrection of Gavin Stone. Solved. It, yeah, and, and, uh, and every Kendrick Brothers movies and all of the others. Um, but I would... I think I would pay the same amount of money not to see that movie as I, I mean if I was forced and they were like no you're giving your $12 like fine here's $12 not to watch that that's my um that's my effort yeah, I just it did so is it should I feel guilty for not seeing it or or am I absolved from my guilt You should absolutely not feel guilty for not seeing it and here's why pipe I mean I think for a movie to be a movie there has to be some modicum of enjoyment in it and that's not to say that every movie has to be a comedy or every movie is a love story or every movie has you know an ice cream and puppy dogs kind of happy ending but there has to be something enjoyable about it and i think with with the other scorsese pictures that i mentioned raging bull and and goodfellas um 
there were a lot of things to enjoy about those two movies, even though they were kind of difficult and Mm -hmm. even though they were gritty and they were hard and and whatever, um, there's stuff that I enjoy about them. And with silence, there's really nothing to enjoy. Um, it's just three hours of difficult. And I think, I think the level at which you're invited to enjoy it is to enjoy your own kind of beard stroking pontification that happens after the movie, which is totally well and good. I mean, that's, you know, I'm in the Academy. That's what we do. Like we do that for a living, but were it not for sort of being invited to do that professionally, I wouldn't have seen the movie either. Hmm. Okay, that well, that helps me feel better. I was a little bit, uh, I don't know, I just was carrying around this. It's a very small burden, but, a, you know, a burden nonetheless, sort of like one of those annoying yeah. things that could, st- you know, like in your pocket kind of size burden carrying around. And, and now, I can, now I can discard it and not worry about it, and I will not be seeing silence. Okay, so uh, apparently there's a movie coming out called The Shack. You may have heard of it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You're not on social media, Ted, so you may not have seen all the outrage. Believe it or not, I have heard of it, but I have not seen all the outrage. I haven't seen the the extent of okay. the outrage. So it's a uh, it's a it's a film adaptation of the book that was equally as controversial several years ago, maybe whatever nine or ten years ago now. Um, yeah. And and the, to me, this is Exhibit three thousand four hundred and twenty two of how Christians are the best marketers for stuff that we hate, yeah. um, because. There are more hot takes on why this is a trash movie, which I'm, I'm certain it is a trash movie. I have no interest in seeing it whatsoever. But, uh, yep. but, but just I tweeted out something and I said, I said the best marketing for the shack is all the Christians who are angry about the shack. And yeah. the, the deluge of responses I received that were like, but it's heresy. And I just wanted to be like, see, you are the problem. Like yeah. you, you are not the solution to anything. And then I had people come back and they're like, shouldn't pastors be telling people to avoid this falsehood? No. Like, no, I don't. Like, Ronnie, are you going to stand up and tell your people not to go see the shack? Uh, no. Are you going to address it in any way, shape, or form? Um, I don't know. Okay, but it's not a thing that's like burdening you with I have to protect people from this. No, it's not. And I think and I think I mean, again, to bring up a larger point, it's like I think, you know, it's interesting that we just pick and choose what we're offended by, you know, in movies. You know, it's like nobody's you know, where where was the you know, where where's the outrage? You know, when you when a movie comes out, that's like ultra violent or a movie that comes out that is like you know, like promoting certain ideals that don't just bother us quite as much, but they're equally as damaging. We just pick and choose. And so, again, I, I don't have any, I, I didn't read the book. I just don't have a lot of general interest in it um, personally. I, I get the premise of it. I know what it's about. But, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's just like anything else, right? Don't we just tell people to be discerning? And if it's something that's going to either lead them to a place that's unhealthy um, you know, then, uh, you know, just be on guard and don't, don't see it then. Or if it's something that's going to, if it's something that's going to warp your, your theology, then we probably should have a conversation about where your theology is at anyway. If it's going to have that easy of an effect on your theology, I don't know. But, and I feel like if a pastor is consistently doing their job, uh, they will have fed people enough truth to get a sense for like, what's BS, uh, sure. You know, and I realize that's a sliding scale. Some some people are more mature, some people are more immature. I guess I just if if we would let sleeping dogs lie, uh, they would they they wouldn't get up and raise a racket like this kind of stuff. It's just 
I, I don't understand people's like – it's like this terrified, fearful response that this is going to be the movie that brings the church to its knees. At least that's mm. the sense that I get, and uh, I'm not terribly afraid of the shack. So I, that was that was one. I just kind of want to like it. Have have you, Ronnie? Have you seen people freaking out about this or writing their hot takes or like t- describing the heresies of the Trinity or whatever's in there? I don't even know what's in there because I haven't read it. No, before. I haven't really seen. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've just seen the articles that were posted. I guess the thing that's been closest to me, you know, in terms of it being, you know, anything anything near anything tangible, was one of my community group leaders said. You know, it came up last week, last Wednesday, and, um, you know, a, a few of the people in, in that particular community group were super hyped about it, loved the book, couldn't wait to see it. And so it, it caused like a big ruckus and a big argument, you know, in the community group. And and um, and so that that's as, that's as close as I've gotten to any sort of like, you know, disruption. See, and I, and I guess my like in, if I was in your shoes or if I was in that community group leader's shoes – a ruckus is not going to convince those people not to like it. It's just going to make them dig in their heels. Like I, I would, I take Christians who are outraged about stuff like this less seriously, not more. If somebody was willing to say, "What did you like about it?" and actually converse about it, uh, that's a different issue. I don't know. It just, it's, it's like I said, it's just exhibit number three thousand and change of how Christians freak out about stuff and then cement it in the public's consciousness. No, I totally agree. I think, yeah, and I'm totally with you on that. The only thing that I think that could be potentially dangerous, and again, I haven't heard anything like this, is somebody that watches it and starts to reevaluate their theology and says, well, you know, maybe how do we know that God, you know, isn't, you know, a woman and, you know, know, starts bringing up those kinds of things. I mean, I haven't come into contact with any of that. I kind of don't think I will. If it, you know what I mean? For it to get that serious means you might have to address something like that, you know, but how come, I, I, how come we don't worry when people like read or watch the Lion, the witch in the wardrobe that they're going to think God is an animal. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, I think I saw somebody saying. tweet something similar to that. I don't remember who it was. I, I, I shouldn't take credit for coming up with that thought. It wasn't my own, but it, I, it just sort of made me chuckle. Cause I'm like, yeah, there's a valid response to that question, but it's not a quick response. Like it's, Oh yeah. They're right. There are ways to represent truth, and I'm not saying that the shack does because I don't know what it's about. I'm just saying there's these knee-jerk reactions like God's not a woman. Yeah, God's not a lion either. You know, so it's <laughs> it, it, there's a there's some there's some complexity here. Yeah, I think it's just again, it's you know, I think for some people that have a very very thin veneer in terms of their you know theological convictions, you know something like this because it really, really just digs into, uh, you know, people's emotions more than anything. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it could be something that you, you might want to address. I'm saying like, not, I'm not saying like in terms of starting an argument, you just might want to bring up some things for people to be aware of if they're just in a place theologically where they're not discerning enough and just say, well, look, just so you know, see the movie, uh, but be discerning. And this is kind of what it's saying. And this is, this is how it does not vibe with scripture you know, in, in so many ways that you might think it does. And, but Hey, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't go see it and you shouldn't be discerning and guarded. You know, I don't know. So you're but, not, you know, gonna, you're not going to boycott it. Well, I'm just not a, I'm not a boycotter. I'm not a, I'm not a political preacher. I'm not, I'm just, I don't do that. I don't play those games. I, I don't talk about that stuff. I mean, you know what? I, I, I'm not saying I would never bring, I just, I haven't really thought about it much. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's, I haven't, not, I have not heard one person personally come to me and ask me any question from the congregation about the shack or anything, anything related to it. So um, again, the first thing I heard was about that community group thing. So I, so that makes me think, well, shoot, you know, I mean, 
does something need to be said or but but how do you say it and i'm not you know what i mean i'm not going to start tweeting about it so you know I, what? I'll, I'll say it for you big r are you ready yeah yeah throw it out there for me i appreciate it yeah, i'm gonna say it for you don't see the movie because i'm sure it sucks <laughs> and don't read the book because i know it sucks because i read it um there you did go did you read it big t did you I read did. It? I read it like, I don't know, 10 years ago. I don't know, whenever, whenever it came out. But, hey, uh, by the way, before, before you, because I want to hear your, like, give, give us a quick, like, tiny sentence summary on it. But the other thing I want to ask you, Pipe, was, um, did that, was that book released in the CBA? What, did it look like come out on a Christian publisher or what? I think it was, no, it was like a, a small no-name like publisher. Thing. Yeah, and, it, and it, it took off because of recommendations from some big, like, artists and other authors and stuff. Yeah, dude, and it went gangbusters. It was just, yeah. it was, you know, it was a word-of-mouth marketing phenomenon. Like, there was no pop behind that book. Okay, all right. So which dri- which drives you- Christian publishers mad because they're like, why can't we do that with our books? <laughs> Maybe because we don't publish enough heresy. Well, yeah, I mean, we publish plenty of heresy. Oh, right, but Big right. Key, what Sorry, it, my bad. What was I thinking? What I mean, I'm get, getting all Shepherd's Conference on you here for a minute. But, T, what did you think of the book? Like, just give us like a two-sentence thing on it. Um, Do you even remember it? Yeah, it, it was just just poorly written dreck that was, that was like man creating God in man's own image. Right. And it sucked for that reason. You know, that, and that, that's truly all I can remember about it. Um, yeah, at all. You know, okay. it, it, it just, um, there's no reason to see it, you know, because it's not going to be good because the story is no good. Um, it's just not going to be a good movie. But it hit a nerve with people. There's something like, there's something at its emotional core that really hit a nerve with It people. hit a nerve with people because it's, it, it, it's God as, you know, your cosmic drinking buddy who just affirms all your decisions you know right. and, I, and I think of course that hits a chord with people that's how people want to reimagine God and uh, I get it you know I, I get I guess I get the appeal in that and I get why it did so well but, um, but yeah so Pipe, do you see any potential danger like in that uh, no no more than all the other crap that's out there right now like it's just it's more yeah. of the same the, the, the it, the thing that confuses me is why this draws ire, but yeah. like there's there are t- books that say the same thing. There are lame TV shows. There's TV preachers. There's everybody's yeah. creating God in their own image in heretical ways all the time in, in the entertainment world. And so this is just sort of like oh another one of those. And if we would just let it be, it would it would just sort of fall into the same sort of health wealth preacher garbage that's already out there and i'm not saying that's not a thing to be dealt with but it's not a thing to be like we don't need to rise up and wage another crusade against it yeah and i hear you yeah so i Boys, don't know. we have uh, we have just a couple of minutes left for uh, for one more thing and i'm just going to read this directly off my show notes as as it appears on my show notes and uh, I just want to hear the two of you riff on this. And, uh, um, and, and this I don't remember what's the in the show notes. notes. This terrifies me. This appears on the show notes because of how Pipe, I think, put it in the show notes. And it, and it simply reads this. Gay Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Gay uh, Beauty and the Beast. So uh, thankfully, my kids have aged out of like, I don't know, like really being super into animated movies. So I'm going to avoid this this whole phenomenon just because I don't, I don't have to be a part of it. It's a beautiful um, new season in your life, isn't it? Big T? It's a nice season. It's a, it's a season that I'm enjoying very much. Yeah, it's nice. Enjoy it. Enjoy it for the rest of your life. But Pipe, you have girls, you have, uh, you have girls in the house who are going to want to see, 
gay Beauty and the Beast. So I, I want to hear you talk about it. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, they want to see Beauty and the Beast. Apparently, yeah. based on uh, the outrage and boycotts, it is a gay movie. Um, I didn't realize this. Uh, apparently, the I don't. I mean, remember. it's a gay movie. Like what? Like Philadelphia is a gay movie, or like Milk? I mean, how? how where are we talking here? Um, right. I if if you if you listened to the the uh, the outraged fundamentalist crowd, it is it is gayer than any of those. Like it is it's a it is like a gay bar on film, apparently. However, based on what I've actually uh, um, read and observed, I think it's an instance where there are, you know, there's the character Gaston, who's the who's sort of the villain, the big, strapping, strong, handsome devil, and then he has sort of this this uh, weakling sidekick whose name I can't remember. It's a probably a French name, um, who who is very swooning over him, so smitten by him. And uh, apparently, some people have said it's very overt. Some people have said it's less so, more subtle. He he uh, he's very much in love with Gaston. And since it's this, you know, so there's all these articles about Disney coming out of the closet and whatever. I'm like, if you didn't know Giz- Disney supported gay people before now, where have you been? But uh, it so you know calls for for boycotting and how could you take your kids to this and those kinds of things. Um, and uh, I guess. I, Ronnie made a good point when we were texting about this before the show about uh, what did you say, Ron? It was about it was about the original version of the movie. I recall? said, yeah, if, that, if that's kind of, if that was kind of your premise, wasn't that contained in the in the animated feature? That's right. You're like, oh, well, then it was a gay cartoon too, um, because that character was also like swooning over Gaston. Uh, so this this one this one has more made me chuckle than anything because I do intend to take my kids to see it uh, because they will love it and it looks like a really well done movie. Uh, so I have two questions for people who are angry about this. Does it bother you more that there's a gay person in it or that a woman falls in somebody who looks like, so, f- falls in love with somebody who looks like a buffalo? Mm. Uh, and do you boycott your family reunions where your gay uncle is? Those are those are my questions for for the people who are angry about this because it just feels like a another sort of gross overreaction. Mm. Yeah, I just what I don't understand is why do we? It kind of goes back to what we talked about a minute ago. Why do we get to pick and choose? You know, like why? And, and I'm being totally serious about this. Why does the Christian community not rise up and be really, really passionately? angry and concerned about like the greed of Michael Douglas from Wall Street, which is like something that if you go to Galatians five, right, like all of these like really, really just uh, divisive and destructive sins in our hearts and in our lives wreak, you know, a lot of equal havoc. But like we don't tend to get as excited and as angsty about about all of them equally. You know, we pick the ones that we're all super angsty about, whereas things like I don't know, I just keep going back to greed, probably because I'm greedy. But like we don't really get that angsty about things such as that, which in most people's lives are probably more destructive. You know what I mean? But we're not going to we're literally not going to go like ban a movie because the lead character tends to be a little too greedy. That's not going to bother us. Yeah. Or but like why? Why does not violent us? or whatever or violent? Yeah, we don't make a big deal about violence. Usually now that's just par for the course. A uh, little a uh, little golfing analogy there for you boys, some sports. But um yeah, so I just to me it's there's a part of it that is just I don't know why that we have our you know we have sort of our hobby horses here. Is it because it's sin. a kids movie? Like there so we're the danger is exposing children to to this sort of, you know, quote unquote terrible thing. And 
I just I, maybe that's it that they're like, oh, they're indoctrinating children. You think that's it? I guess, but why do? But why is it cool? I mean, I'm just being. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be all like funny, but like, why is it cool? Why are we cool with like Lego Batman going around like literally like kicking the tar out of everybody? Like, why is that somehow okay? You know what I mean? Like you're not like you're not telling your daughters like, hey, you know, like how you saw Lego Batman, you know, like what you saw him do to the Joker. Like, I want you to go to school on Monday and like do that, man. Do that. Just like go off. Like if that kid ever, you know, well, you kind of already did. I think you already did that, Piper. You already you already had your daughter like beat the tar out of something. Oh, I, I, I encouraged her to because the guy threatened her life. So I said, if <laughs> I you threaten your that. life okay. again, you get to knock him down. And uh, I mean, I guess Mark Owen yeah. just completely just, yeah, literally uh, delete everything I just said. But you got <laughs> You know what I'm gonna. You know what I'm saying, though. Like, why? Like, why is that not as big of a deal? Why do we choose? Why do we choose our worst sins? You know what I mean? When, in, when in essence, I think there are things that are equally as destructive that we don't give any play to. We don't. We don't. We don't validate in terms of them or taking them seriously as the Bible would take them seriously. Yeah. You know? And yet they're listed in the same list. And again, I'm not trying to be that guy, but like. And, and I'm not, neither am I trying to say, like, just, just you know, wipe the slate clean on any movie that you go see. Again, you know, have discernment and all those types of things, especially with your kids. But um, I just don't know why we have decided what's bad, what's worse, and what's the worstest, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a – I understand wanting to, to protect your kids from things. But if your child has not encountered gay people before now, like, where do you live that's like who are you related to? That's just that is that is such an ever present reality of life now. If you if you're listening to the like the radio news, if you're watching TV and your kids are in the room, like it's everywhere. And so it's it, get being offended that it's in a kids movie. I mean, it's it's being offended that that water is wet. Like it just that's everywhere. So you can you can withdraw from everything, or you can teach your kids how to navigate stuff if they even raise the question. Uh, well, I mean, most look, of them know, will not. Yeah. Hollywood is not being run by evangelical Christians right now. You know what I mean? Wait, it's but they like, don't they don't have the same ethics and morals we do. I don't understand. But I mean, but I mean, it's just so funny when you think about it. It's like we're talking about an industry that is um, that is decidedly you know not concerned with with anything that that you know, scripture has to say about life. So it's like, well, I mean, I don't know why we get outraged by these things when it's like, you know, water is wet and the sky is blue and, and the sun is hot. And like, we're, why are we shocked that Hollywood is Hollywood? You know, I don't know. Big T, you've been big to you're real quiet right now. And I'm a little, it's unnerving. Did me. he What's sign up? off? No, I'm here. I'm just quiet. Cause you guys are talking a lot. You're eating right now. Aren't you? <laughs> what are you eating? Big T? Baby, I'm not eating anything. I've been crunching ice through the through the program because I've got uh, a nice a nice cup of ice here. Ooh, what Gosh. what kind of ice is it like? Is it the is it like the Chick Fil A like little ice pellets or is it? Like, Dude, that, that's the cubes? premium. That is yeah. that is absolutely that's the premium role. ice. That's, oh, that's like the kind of ice. We're, that's the kind of ice we're only going to serve at our conferences. I'm just letting you know that. Absolutely, right now. we're going to have we're going to have the little pellets of of Chick Fil A evangelical ice. We're only just going to sell ice too. No liquid. Just we're going to sell. Just the it's ice. going to be expensive too. That's vintage. I mean, it's like it's like artisan ice. We're gonna have a oh, dude. We're gonna have them in like leather wooden cups. It's gonna be like eight bucks per cup of ice. Eight bucks per cup of ice. We're gonna have a hipster like chipping it off a huge like old fashioned block of ice like that they used to deliver with those big kind of like yeah like you know? exactly with a pick like with a vintage with a pick, pick. With, with, yeah. a, with a vintage pick. He's gonna chisel off these little 
Each one is a little artisan creation. I mean, Old keep talking, hand. boys. I'm just typing all this in right now for ideas. On your, yeah, ty- right on your typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously on my typewriter, but I just – I have it muffled so that you can't hear all the click. Ding. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Boys, uh, I, I have nothing to say about gay beauty and the beast other than just to be amused by, by the conversation. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed the convo. Uh, very much, and I also have to go, which is why I'm kind of being coy about about my feelings vis-a-vis gay beauty. I'm glad you have to go because I really want this program to end. Number one and number two, I would like to say something nice about Missional Word. You guys have anything on that? Uh, well, you you just said you want to say something yeah. nice about so so go no, for when it. No, when I said you, I meant like I meant like you, like not. Here, here's me. what I'll say about Missional Wear. I'm enjoying all of my swag very yes. much. Yes, uh, yeah, I like my I like the coffee mug. I love the Yeti tumbler. Um, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the, uh, the, the pint glasses very much. And, um, the, the mission wear is a great company. And the, the, um, mo- the moleskin is nice too. I don't know. What's that? I said the moleskins are nice too. Dude, I'm loving the moleskin. I'm literally, I'm using the moleskin, uh, right now. As soon as we wrap up, I'm going to a, a thing where I'm going to be mu- uh, using the moleskin. So, um, it's a part of my life. This, this company missional wear is a part of the fabric of my day to day life. And um, I Missional Wear is life. I couldn't be more grateful for Missional Wear. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say that clearly. Yes, I carry the the Yeti tumbler, which I didn't realize when they send it to us that it's it's like twice the size of a normal like coffee or travel mug. It can hold yeah. like 40 ounces of coffee, which it's improved my life uh, by at least 100 percent for the mornings because I now have twice as much coffee with me, and it keeps it warm all day, and it looks amazing. They did a really really good job with it, so. Uh, People should go check that out. Yeah, my wife is uh, my wife is drinking uh, many cups of coffee out of her happy rant, like uh, Mission Aware coffee mug. I mean, I think uh, I think Mission Aware has done what no other um, company can do in the lives of our lives, which is become our life. The lives Mission of Aware, our lives. That was super. Uh, that was multi layered. Hashtag Mission Aware is life. Boys, can you imagine how money it's going to be to drink our? Happy Rant blend, signature blend coffee out of a Happy Rant coffee mug. Um, that's going to be happening. That will be. I can envision no greater pleasure literally in this world. Yeah. Um, I've done it, actually. I, I can tell you that I've done it um, because I'm a close personal friend of Hector Ligaris. Um, Hector Ligaris. I, I that's love our it. guy. That's our guy. That's yeah, our that's, he's, a, he's, a, he's the coffee roaster. And if that, I mean. Dude. That's when you say coffee, name. you can't say coffee without saying Hector Ligaris right no, after. Ron, because the two things are synonymous. And uh, I just want to I want to I want to tell you how pleasant it is to sip our branded coffee out of out of our own branded coffee mugs. I feel I like just, uh, I don't know why you keep saying coffee. You mean you are branded Hector Ligaris out of your Hector Ligaris mug? Is that what you mean to say, Big T? In so many words. Yes, that is what I mean to say. I, I need to go to Tim Hortons right now and get a cup of Hector Ligaris. Yeah, you, you'll be doing that in a, in a few years, I have no doubt, because we are going to launch this man. We're going to launch the coffee, um, and, and it, will repl- it, will, it will replace Starbucks. Starbucks will be an afterthought in 10 years. Um, yeah. it, it'll be a distant memory. We're coming for Hashtag you. We're coming for you, Howard Schultz. We're coming. That's right. We're coming for you, Starbucks, and your little mom-and-pop sad sack coffee shops. Um, we're coming for you. And uh, until next time, Rachel the Held Evans.
Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. Resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, Search and follow the Messenger Movement podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.